Yes, indeed, that war continues to go on, and we are victorious in it, so let's relax, rejoice, and praise God. But today we're going to be talking about Jesus, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for that your will be done, O God, on earth and and through us, as it's being done in, in heaven. Thy kingdom come, Lord God. Thy will be done. We thank you, Lord God, for the promises that you kept, uh, get, kept yes, the, kept the promises of salvation, redemption, healing, rescue, and the revelation and the return. Father, we thank you for the justification that came through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to justify us just as if we'd not sinned. We thank you for the power and the promises that you've given us to bind and loose, to love and forgive even our enemies, Lord God, and these are so critical. So we pray today that you teach us how to use these weapons and our words too, uh, that you'd bring life through our words, not death. And I thank you that we take authority over the enemy, the powers of darkness that would try to rule, reign, and wreck this world, our lives, our families, all that pertains to us, that the work and kingdom of God would prevail. And I thank you for that divine promise and protection, Lord God. You said in your own word, with your own uh, promises, that no weapon formed against us would prosper. So cover our families, those who work for us, pray for us, and love us. Cover and keep those who've come to us and who are listening to this broadcast. May you lift each heart today and bring them into a new place of revelation, hope, and uh, rescue, Father God, in Jesus' name. We ask for your wisdom, and may we speak as the oracles of God. And welcome back, Jerry Cole. Well, it's good to be back. I've been out on <laughs> several, the road. several assignments. Yeah. So it's good to be back uh, here in yes. the beautiful studios of Rescue Radio. <laughs> beautiful indeed. <laughs> if only you could see them. Uh, but anyway, okay, let's start out with Jesus. Now, here we've got three words we're going to talk about today. Um, the revolution, the revelation, and the return of Jesus Christ. And this is critical, paramount, and important to understand. We've been talking the last couple of weeks about the conspiracy theories and that this is a conspiracy and this is a war and there is a, a war going on for our souls. So um, if you want to help me out, Jerry, in Luke chapter 4, uh, also in other places, but for 1 through 13, we see the first encounter of Jesus Christ in encountering his real enemy or the, the God of this world. Well, you know, Jesus came to bring a revolution. You know, we have political revolutions. We've had, you know, communist revolutions. Things, yeah. Overturning things by people who f- feel like they're very oppressed. And then later on, they opp- they overthrow the oppressors. And then the oppressed who overthrew the oppressors become the oppressors so again. So this was an oppressed world right This then. is an oppressed world. Mm-hmm. But Jesus came to bring a true revelation. So He, he came to really change the whole paradigm of thinking of God mm-hmm. to bring a true revelation of the revelation, kingdom of God, yeah. a revo- revolution. And so, so he's, he's there. He, he starts uh, his ministry basically confronting Satan. Right, exactly. Uh, and, and the temptation in the wilderness, confronting yeah. and uh, uh, being tempted by him, but overcoming the enemy, Satan, the God of this world. So basically this is part of the revolution. The oppressor Satan 
is being systematically uh, overcome Mm -hmm. by Jesus Christ. Right, and so this is the first confrontation. So the three issues that Satan challenged Jesus Christ on were his identity, his identity, and his identity. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Do you have a right to be here? What is your right to be here? What makes you think you have a right to be here? And so his first challenge was to cause Jesus, tempt Jesus, uh, to if, if you are the, the son, son of God, God yeah, yes. then turn these stones into bread. But Jesus didn't fall for that. He could have done the, the bread thing. He did it later with bread for bread. But he didn't because it wasn't what the Father had told him to do. So he wasn't stepping out of the, his commitment to do the will of the Father. The second challenge was, um, if you fall down and worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms. Um, if you just serve me. Well, that was a trick and a half because the second Jesus would have fallen down and worshiped him, he would have been become the servant of Satan. At this at this point, he is not the servant of Satan. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he is the rightful an inheritor of all of these kingdoms. Of everything, yeah. yes. And then the third one was to jump off the temple and tempt God to see if he really loved his son, if he'd rescue him from uh, gravity. And uh, and, the, and Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So here we have the first confrontations, and then we have the first action scenes, as as we like to refer to them, in the book of Mark. Um, so Jesus goes to church. Well, Jesus goes to church and, and, the and, and to the synagogue, uh, which was the meeting place of the Jewish people. It says, after this temptation, though, he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and then... Um, then he went to church. Then he went to church, and <laughs> yeah. basically, if you look at Luke 4, and you can bring some things from uh, well, you Mark know, 2, uh, what well, he was saying, here, here's, the, here's the revolutionary stuff. He says in Luke four eighteen, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me mm-hmm. because he has anointed me to preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. Mm-hmm. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, this this was not being accomplished so he through went the religious to system of the after day. After the temptation, after the after his declaration, he went to Galilee. He went to the synagogue and he started to preach. Mm-hmm. That's what he's, and he. And notice where he started his ministry, where the biggest mess was, and that was in the church. Because they had preached, um, well, they had this all this tradition and whatnot. But when he, the, the, the first astonishing miracle that Mark records is when he's in the church and um, uh, he taught there, they were astonished at his teachings, verse 22, 1, 22 of Mark. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In other words, he wasn't the same old, same old that they had been getting in the synagogue day after day, week after week. And there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying, you know, let us alone. Okay, we have a plural. Who are the us? Yeah, coming from <laughs> a from an individual. Have, but what have we we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? So this this spirit, unclean spirit, knew exactly who Jesus Christ was, where he was from. Okay, did you come to torment us or destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Not only did he know where he was from, he knew who he was. He was the Holy One of God. So the demons already know who Jesus is. They don't have to be convinced. They don't have to be, they, they are totally terrified of who he is. But Jesus rebuked him, told him to shut up. 
He said, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him, he had no choice but to come out. He cried with a loud voice. He threw a little protest, but he came out of him. Now here's the verse, 27. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For even the unclean spirits obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the regions of Galilee. So what, who is this? What new doctrine is this? You know, um, well, you can have to ask to wonder what, what, what doctrines were they hearing? What was the old doctrine? What was so unimpressive that this astonishing authority um, began to ask the question um, that even the unclean spirits would listen to him? And this is not, they said, what strange doctrine is this? Okay, a, a doctrine is a teaching. And here, what Jesus is doing is casting demons well, he's, out of this guy. So right. it's not just a teaching it's, uh, a it's demonstration. not just an, another teaching, it's a demonstration. Of that power. Paul, authority, the yeah. apostle, much later than this time, of course, Paul, the apostle, said to the church in, in Corinth, he says, when we came, we didn't come with just excellency of speech, but we came in demonstration mm-hmm. of the Spirit of God and of power, mm-hmm. that Absolutely. your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So there's the wisdom of men, and there's the power of God. And there's the gospel so being confirmed. So there's demonstration. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's action here mm-hmm. of people being actually set free from these oppressive, uh, horrible spirits of darkness. And not only that, but the Bible says that they, the true gospel is confirmed when they preach the gospel. It was confirmed with, with signs, signs and wonders following. Yes. And so this is the first obvious confirmation of, with the authority and the demonstration. Um, the demons were subject to him. They were being exposed in the church, the religious demons. Um, so that was the new doctrine. The old doctrine had been what they had received from the elders, the traditions, uh, the um, the old bunch of laws and legalism that they had been taught to uh, labor under. And Jesus said one time in Matthew, he says, you create burdens too grievous to be born. You don't bear them yourselves, but you lay them on everyone else. And so he was really, I think, referring to these legalistic restrictions and the complications that they had added to the original laws that God had given them. Uh, and so they were laboring under those. Yeah, laboring under those. Now, here's part another part of the revolution. It's, it's that not only coming in, confronting the powers of darkness, overcoming them, driving them out, setting people free, but then the new doctrine that they're saying, the new teaching that they're questioning, wondering what is this, is in uh, you know Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, where we see the Sermon on the Mount, as it's known, Mm-hmm. And and it's it's all full of the, he's, yeah. he a lot of places he said you have heard it said mm-hmm. you have heard it said this way but but the, you know part of that's right but part of that isn't it but here here's what I say here's what I say and so yeah it's 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 a it's it's talk about the kingdom of God it's the, the, the kingdom of God these this is these are the new doctrine these yeah. are the principles and this is how the kingdom of God operates mm-hmm. okay and and this is what and it's 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 hard it was hard for the people to just readjust right. from their old uh teachings 
that they had, well, you know, they had the law, and the law was our, what, a tutor to, to prayer, prepare us, to bring us to Christ. But they, they loved it. It was so new. It was so fresh. It was so right. Well, really, what and he with was... the darkened minds of the people, they had a hard time grasping what, what he was saying. Well, it was really, he was really giving the reasons behind. They had all the laws, thou shalt, thou shalt not, da, da, da. But they didn't understand. He was elaborating. He was giving the reasons behind, you know, love your enemies, um, do good to those who curse you. He was giving them a deeper understanding so that when you, if you don't have an understanding of what you were doing, the Lord says, if you don't understand the word, that is sown, then the devil comes and snatches it away. And that's mm-hmm. what was happening. The people didn't have an understanding. So it was just like they were just forced to do something. They had no reason or to understand why they were doing it. So Jesus basically preached the gospel of the kingdom. And like you said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, that sort of thing. That was what he really came to do. And he was a revolutionary in that. And by the in Luke chapter 4, verse 28, 10 verses after he says, you know, uh, I've come to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. Ten verses later, they are trying to thrust him over the brow of the hill or, or push him down the cliff um, to silence this new voice, um, you know, and this new opportunity for the people to understand and enter into the scriptures and religious freedom. So these are the religious leaders. These are not the people uh, themselves. These are not rank pagans. Yeah, you know right. these these are the religious leaders that were holding to their ideas. Mm-hmm. At least, th- not not just the law of God, but their ideas the about law. the yep. law and of their interpretation, God. Right. And and they said, well, we can't have anything less than what we're already thinking. So we have to get rid of this guy that's challenging all our traditions. Right. And and surely that's what he was doing because he was bringing real life truth, hope, freedom. Uh, yeah, truth brings freedom to the people. It was time for them to understand the real gospel. So, so this is the real gospel gets into the guts of our life. Okay. it gets Transformation. It, it, it's, it's coming into us, into us, into our being. persons, into mm-hmm. our being, mm-hmm. and, and, and bringing change and transformation of yeah. re, and release from all the accumulating um, debris, debris <laughs> of the enemy's yeah. destruction in us. So making us new inside yeah, cleansing. and giving us uh, power and ability through the Holy Spirit yeah. to, to love and to really connect with, with Jesus to have a uh, actually a well yeah that's exactly him. right it was to bring life the old things that they were doing were rote and remote and they were just going through the motions rote and remote i like that. they just they were just going through the motions and jesus says now i'm coming to bring real life to you so but what had happened was satan has had in this um the the revelation it's the revelation of jesus christ that brings change that brings deliverance that brings healing that brings hope that brings because you when we're not in the revelation of Jesus Christ, we're in the revelation of the devil, and so the enemy had re, had a, had really taken over the synagogues, the church, the traditions of the day, and I believe that's his first you know entry point. That's his mm-hmm. principal battlefield is in the place where the kingdom of God is is to be preached. He wants to adulterate it, uh, dilute it. Um, he wants to infiltrate. He wants to um, corrupt it. He wants to. Um, 
counterfeit it. And you know, that's really the power of the, of the, of the lie is that Satan has the power to counterfeit the Holy Spirit. He has the power to counterfeit false Jesuses and the false gospels, basing it on a mixture of works and grace. He, and, and because of that, we see the church is very impotent, very confused. And you know what? I keep thinking these days, now we're in the revelation of Jesus Christ soon to be the return, that God is beginning to shake everything that can be shaken. And he's starting, he says, if judgment, where is it going to begin? At the house of God. So Jesus came to start a war, a war that had been, it was actually, had been started in Eden, but he came to address the war, um, to expose the conspiracy. And, you know, a lot of people don't have any solutions to their problems because they just chuck it all up to fate, bad luck, coincidence, who knows, accidents, nobody's fault, can't figure it out, just all the I don't knows out there because they will not, they refuse to put the devil into the equation to explain why these bad things are happening to them. They just they just say, oh, you make too much of the devil. You know, a lot of churches and denominations don't even talk about him in this country especially. However, in other you know places where the churches have been functioning well in the world, they understand spiritual warfare. They understand. But Jesus here in person was taking on the devil head to head. Um, uh, so, but he, but we have to realize this: that the enemy is 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 in the midst of us. He's an alien in the midst of us who has dressed up to look like us, so that we don't dis- receive or, or realize that he is here setting a net to plan our annihilation. You know, he, he's, he is silently moving among uh, us, um, among all of us to p- create his evil, um, you know, net to cast it over all of us. We've, you know, th- to keep us from moving forward and knowing who we are, that we will not ask any questions. We will stay in our appointed places, in our appointed lives, in our appointed mundane attempts. You know, there's not very many, except through the revelation of Jesus Christ, that ever realized to break out of that net. Okay, I've got a how, how, how question for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got in our lives, we've got the strongholds of the enemy that most of us most people don't even realize are there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jesus comes along. Okay, we realize that, okay, we need a Savior. Mm-hmm. We need somebody to save us, deliver us, to set us free. That's the revelation. So, so mm-hmm. then what happens? Uh, how does Jesus dismantle the powers of darkness within us? Through the truth. Through the truth, it's, it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may accept that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So mm. everything, we have to realize we have been programmed by the body of with death. With lies. With lies. This society, everything is based on lies. Everything is based on works. Everything, all your de- definitions and identity is all bound up in what you do, you know. Uh, and, and so we are... We have to be released from the lies of guilt, shame, condemnation. Um, it's up to me. Witchcraft works. We little by little we have to realize I can't of my own self do nothing. I must, you know. And, and really, ultimately, the bottom line is to live. We must die. To live a new life, be born again. We must die to the old. You know, if anybody's born again, that there's an assumption, an uh, uh, implication there that they have died 
to the old. And so what we're doing in this process is being transformed, is being renewed day by day as you read the word of God and let it really speak to you through the Holy Spirit, not according, don't read it through your religious glasses, take them off and just read it for what it says, because this is where the revelation comes. This is where real freedom mm, begins mm. so we can be prepared for the return of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so this is, this is it, it, takes, it takes a revelation. In other words, God has to just show you Open your understanding, right? And and um, well, that's what the Bible says. It says, "Where there's no revelation, the people perish. They throw yeah. off restraint. They don't care anymore. So there's nothing to hope for, look forward to, or mm-hmm. be aware that might be a consequence ultimately of your apathy and indecision." So basically, it's a, um, it's a how can I say? It's a beginning, mm-hmm. and then of a, 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 a process mm-hmm. of deprogramming and reprogramming. But Satan is working in the middle of our being deprogrammed to hold us in the illusions. Keep it, keeping us in the old program. Right, the illusions of safety in, and keep those things in place. Um, he does that through manipulation, through coercion, through intimidation, through fear. Uh, he creates constant interruptions in our environment, in our society, within our relationships to create a constant underlying low-grade or, you know, uh, erupting anxiety um, that holds us on that torture rack of confusion and fear. So, you know, this is not that hard to to figure out if you want to figure it out. The Bible says, Jesus says, by their fruits you shall know them. And there's only two kingdoms. So if what you're doing is reducing down to fear, stress, anxiety, gossip, bitterness, hopelessness, anger, it's not from God. If it, now, if it, if it reduces on to peace, joy, and God's got this, then it's from heaven. However, this spirit of anger, let's just go with that for a second. Anger is actually a divine attribute. To be angry with sin, to be angry with injustice is part of our divine nature. So when you're angry, you know, the Bible says be angry and sin not. So there is a place and an appropriate place where you can be angry because what is do, what you're doing is you are actually reacting to injustices. Now, what are you going to do with that injustice? That becomes the problem. Are you going to give it to God and forgive that person, that situation, and release that injustice to the court of heaven, to God, to judge? You be then the plaintiff and not the the judge? Uh, Or are you going to judge it and let let, then the devil gets to judge you back? So, you know, anger is a motivator to bring crimes and injustices to the court of heaven. If we use anger rightly, it will be a great instrument of righteousness to bring justice what it does it gives god the opportunity to do the judging and not you well what can happen though with anger is anger can turn into bitterness right when there's dishonesty when people and and bitterness and depression okay let's ask that question then why don't people deal correctly uh, face with forward anger. with anger? They, they pretend like they're not angry. They talk to somebody else about it. They don't go to the person they're, they're really mm-hmm. mad at. They, they're afraid of what people will think. They're afraid of what they'll look like. They're afraid of what will happen. They'll be rejected. So that anger is never properly dealt with. It's like taking a ticking time bomb and hiding it in a closet. You know, it's going to blow up sooner or later. Well, you just, mm-hmm. so people are afraid to deal with anger. They're afraid to go to one another. They're afraid, and, and, and you're going to one another oftentimes doesn't work. You have to take that second person. That doesn't work. Then you go to the church. Well, the church these days is in a, in a, un, unavailable. 
in dealing with these things for the most part, because they're going to send you back to the, um, to the world for a solution or back to the court system for a solution. You know, Paul's talking about judging among yourselves, et cetera. But so we have this, this, this stumbling block of, of anger, which then becomes a distraction. Well, what happens is then anger will lead to bitterness. Bitterness will lead to unforgiveness. And sickness, and so, rheumatoid arthritis, right, and uh, unforgiveness. So we're, we're thinking, if I forgive them, I'm going to let them get by with something unjust. Well, you know what? That's, that's if you. That's that is problem. if you don't trust God. If you right, say, "I'm going to forgive," and you, if you trust God, say, "God, you see this. Jesus is my faithful witness." Then you're going to trust God and let God be the judge. Right. Right. But the thing is, we have to re- realize that we. One of the things in the Sermon on the Mount. What we mentioned Be, about yeah. earlier is that Jesus said, you know, judge not lest you be judged. In other words, we and we use that as an excuse. We we get that all twisted mm-hmm. because, you know, we're thinking that um, if I, I can sin and if you're confronting me about my sin, you're judging me. Right. That's because we've mixed behavior with being and we've made, made them the same thing. So now the church can never separate out a behavior from a being because I'm I'm embracing my behavior as my being. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, yeah. So exactly. there's there's a there's an issue with a misunderstanding all that. But here's the thing. Bottom line, being mad at somebody or being and does man, not bring justice. Well, it doesn't bring, and it, is it worth going to hell over because yeah. if you judge them, Satan's going to judge you back because he's got an eye for an eye tooth for tooth going on. And so you know, and here's the other thing. If you are defrauding your brother, your sister, stealing their inheritances, stealing their life, uh, lording it over them, being narcissistic, being, practicing witchcraft, if you're doing any of these things over your brother or sister whom God loves, is how are you going to explain that when you get before God, when you stand before God in heaven? How do you think you're going to justify what God has already condemned you're not. So is it worth you staying mad, staying bitter, stealing an inheritance? Is it worth it when you end up having to go to hell or explain to God what you did and know that he already has condemned this whole behavior? So you better think about it now when you have time because, you know, this is a critical thing. Your life is hanging in the balance and Satan wants to have enough evidence against you to bring a complete request for your complete annihilation and destruction you know, that you belong to him. And so this is the war. And, you know, people don't realize there's, we all get so distracted with that war out there, you know, with the parties and the, and the lies. But here's the deal. We should rejoice in this, that, you know, in the past, these things were pretty well hidden. You know, nobody knew what the people in the political system were doing. Nobody, everybody's paying attention to nothing but their own little business. And now God is drawing all this stuff to the surface for the sake of us being able to see it and reject it or repent so that we can be set free because he does not he's not willing that any should go to, to hell any should perish but you at this point he's taking drastic measures to reveal the hidden works of darkness he's beginning in the church he's beginning in our personal lives he's beginning wherever he needs it because he cares about us and because the return of Jesus Christ is very soon well, right and and even though he's the hidden works of darkness are being revealed a lot of people still don't see it because they're blinded. Well, and they're or they're seeing it and they're mad because it's not being immediately judged or just or, or dealt right, with. Right, right. That's the that's the thing. It's like, um, it's like, 
why is this well, continuing, it, and what do we do to 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 bring about justice when there is so much injustice? Well, here's what do we do? We give it to the King of Kings, the Judge of all the earth, and you let him deal with it because he knows the demons who are manipulating the humans. And Satan's trick is to get the humans to, to turn against the humans. But the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. People are not our enemy. So, right. So Satan's trying to divide the human beings against each other. So he, that, because he really can't do anything at all to us unless he gets somebody to cooperate with him, somebody to believe the lie, somebody to act on the lie. Then he, then he can get in there and do his thing. But he doesn't have power to just make you do something. He has the power to tempt. He has the power to put pressure on all of our environmental issues and, and our finances and our emotions and our physical. He has power to tempt because, you know, to test, to test. But God has got to be with you in that test. Let God take your tests for you and pass them because you and I cannot pass these tests because they're uh, authored by the devil and we're no match for the devil. So God has got to pass your test for you by you letting go of your bitterness, anger, and your energy to, you know, yes, we have to stand for righteousness at all times. We have to tell the truth at all times. Be, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right now, our job is to declare the truth wherever and however and as many times and with as great wisdom and skill as God will give us to whoever because this is the time we need to have the truth revealed. And that truth is that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life, and there is a judgment. So, you know, Jesus said, uh, Mark, uh, Matthew six fourteen and 15, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And, and forgiveness does not mean that you just, Write it, write it off. Lay back, know, take, write it off. Write it and off just as say, a loss. Well, mm-hmm. we just, that we just accept evil because I'm forgiving, forgiving, forgiving. No, we're called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We're called to stand for righteousness. We, we're called to expose the works of darkness. Right. That's, that's part of our job is to say, hey, this is, this is wrong. And uh, here's, and what, here's what the truth is. Yeah. yeah. And so, and blessed is he that Jesus says it's it's obvious offenses are going to come, but blessed is he who's not offended because of me. So let's look just at the finish of this and and going back to the return of Jesus Christ, which is a very exciting thing. Actually, Jesus said in Matthew six, I uh, Mark sixteen fifteen, kind of the wrap up of his 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 tour on earth. Mm-hmm. He says, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." Um, to prepare for the return of the Lord, you know, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. If you drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. You know, it, just do what I did. Just cast out the devils, heal the sick, preach the truth, and go forward. Because we must understand that Jesus gave us the power and authority to do that. When he came, he was cast out. He was rejected. He was mocked. He was rendered insignificant. He was uh, laughed at among those who followed the evil. And that's still the same today. They'll do the same for mm-hmm. us. That hidden work of intimidation is part of keeping the conspiracy hidden. Don't say anything. Don't shout. Don't cry out. Don't, don't send forth an alarm. Um, because, because here's the deal. In Matthew 10, 26 through 28, this is exactly what Jesus is doing right now. Matthew 10, 26 through 28, and I'm going to read it because I, I'd like to get every single word in there. 
Um, is he also mentions the same thing in Mark chapter um, 4, verse 22. You want to read that? 10? Matthew 10, 26 mm-hmm. through 28. He says, therefore, do not fear them. Period. Do not fear them. No. Okay, right. go, on, go ahead. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul, both soul and body in hell. Amen. So there's the ultimate consequences. That's the ultimate stakes of this war. And you want to make sure positive absolutely before anything else before you do the next thing, that you are with God in God's kingdom on God's side and you have made your commitment to follow him, believe that he died on the cross, rose from the dead and is coming again because without that initial born-again salvation experience, you cannot go and go anywhere in the kingdom of God. And remember, um, in Daniel, he said, he was talking about when Jesus comes back, you know, it's going to be, remember, Daniel was interpreting the dream of Nebuchadnezzar with the big statue with the gold head and the silver sh- uh, shoulders and the bronze and then going all the way down to the to the feet and the toes actually that were made out of iron and mixed with clay. That's that's iron. That's machines and men mixed together in that last kingdom of the toes. And they mingled together, but they did not um, cleave to one another uh, because they're different. But this at the end, he says, there was a stone that was cut out off, without hands, cut out, and it was thrown at the feet of this. We're at the end. We're at the last kingdom, the toes. It was thrown at the feet of these, of this, the world systems, actually. And the stone, yeah, the iron, in uh, Daniel uh, 2.35, then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold, that was the composition of this world political system. Mm-hmm. The gold were crushed together and became like chaff, from the summer threshing floors, yeah, the amen. wind that carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Hallelujah. And so the stone, Jesus is the, he's the rock of our salvation. He's a stone of offense, but he's coming back to take his rightful place as creator and master of the universe. Amen. And so what's happening is Revelations 11 is what's happening. Verse 15, then the seventh angel sounded and there was a loud voice in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And then there's a parallel verse here, excuse me, in uh, Daniel uh, 2.44, in the days of these kings, these last kings in the toes, Mm -hmm. okay, of this image, in in the days... And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which oh. shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So the revelation of this stone and the, and the crashing is also talked about for just a minute in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27, where he says, at now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. They're being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. So therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So there is this 
shaking, if there's a shaking in your life right now, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a scary thing maybe, but you know, the fear of the Lord and God's promises to be with us is good because he's trying to expose, wanting to expose all of those things that would be detrimental to us on judgment day. He wants to get them out in the light and get you to deal with them and repent and or forgive, whichever is the case. And then you can be prepared to see the return of Jesus Christ when, and look for him with joy and, and, and celebration and praise instead of terror. So Father God, we thank you for thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Even now, we thank you for the, the coming of the, uh, your, 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 um, the, the, you coming as the revolutionary, coming as the revelation, and now you're coming and in the return. We thank you, Lord, for this great and powerful calling that you've placed upon us, this opportunity. You've given all humans to know you and to be gathered into your kingdom and to be uh, snatched out of the net of Satan and that evil destruction. Father God, we thank you for giving people wisdom and peace now and this understanding in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for each one that's listening today that there will be a fresh and clear and true revelation of yes. who you are, Lord Jesus, and that we would yield ourselves fully, completely to you, to your word, to your spirit, to your love and truth. We pray this in the powerful name Hallelujah. of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And we also invite you to check out liferecovery.com. Uh, this week we're featuring Taking the Devil to Court. Uh, it's the very first book I wrote on uh, gathering together all the pieces of this conspiracy and this spiritual war that people were embroiled in um, as I was counseling in the beginning of my days of counseling. And so we invite you, Taking the Devil to Court, uh, Check it out at liferecovery.com. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your 